Hello team, boys and girls. Happy Thursday, uh, Thursday night. It is a pleasure for you to be joining us and instead of uh, late It's a pleasure night. for you to be joining us. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You know, we're hectic. It's a pleasure for you. We are hectic. That's exactly yeah. right. And yeah. uh, you could be doing other things tonight. You could be on late night shopping. Um, you could be... Dude, COVID. Don't talk about late night shopping. You'll trigger people. Nah, man. People's still out, dude. It's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. <laughs> All right, bro. What's been going on? Dude, so much to talk about. <laughs> dude, I actually... Sorry, just a little quick one before we start. One of my mates sent me this video from these guys, these two young guys in Venice handing out masks and... Um, <laughs> And they get absolutely ridiculed. And they're like, hey, man, just want to let you know, you guys wearing masks. Like, we've got some free masks. Would you like to wear one? You know, COVID safe. And people are like, what the fuck the mask for? And then everyone's like, dude, it's COVID. What do you mean? He goes, dude, the language is full on. It's like, F COVID. It's a conspiracy. And one guy tries to fight these poor little kids that are handing out masks. You mean Venice Beach? It's Venice Beach or somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, dude, America. It's nuts, dude. People are so yeah. violent. Wow, it's just, I think, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting how the world, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Americans wake up to how the rest of the world now sees America because it didn't always used to be like that. No, this is interesting because I've heard this multiple times in the last like two or three weeks where people have turned around to me and said, oh, like, they're stupid. Yeah. Thank and, God we're not in America is a common thing. Whereas it used to be America was the number one place to be. Yeah. I, you know, obviously social media plays a massive part in this because it's so easy just to snippet the dumbest shit that people say and put mm -hmm. it on the net and just claim that America's stupid. But what we're seeing, what I'm seeing, it, it is freaking ridiculous. Well, it's just, yeah, man, it's, it's insane. Anyway, let's not talk about politics. How are you? What's been going on in your life? What's coming up? Dude, I'm going to flip that question straight to you this week because you, you always ask me that question first. So how are you, MJ? What's been coming up in your life? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> All right. What has been coming up in my life? Um, yeah, I... Look, if I could just be blunt, like, I'm amazing. Um, yeah, I've just put in a lot of work. Um, yeah, just that's it. There isn't anything else. Mm. So for people at home, you know, listening when they hear you say you've put in a lot of work. Yeah. What does that mean? Sure. So we all grow up with two core emotional needs. We've probably spoken about this before on the podcast. The first is the need for attachment, which is often equated with love. It doesn't quite mean love. It means the ability for someone else to make us feel safe. It's probably the closest definition. Mm. And we also grow up with the need for authenticity. 
And the reason that we grow up with the need to express and to be authentic is because authentic people can be trusted. And inauthentic people can't be trusted because authenticity is something like the words that you're saying and your energy and your actions are all matching. Whereas inauthenticity is what you're saying and how I'm feeling about what you're saying don't add up. And so tribally and culturally over many, 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 many thousands of generations, we've selected for authenticity. Mm. Right? Because again, that's what keeps us safe. Now, what happens to all of us, it's a universal experience, no matter at what point in human history you lived, is we all get put in situations as we grow up and as our brain starts to develop. We get put in situations where we feel like, or our brain feels like we can't get both of those needs at the same time. So let's say you're sitting down at dinner and you haven't finished your Brussels sprouts and you really want dessert. And your dad says, you can't have dessert until you finish your Brussels sprouts and you hate Brussels sprouts. So you pick up the Brussels sprout and you throw it at your dad. There's probably a lot of dads out there who've gone through something like that. Now, if your dad's had a good day, probably no issue. Probably laugh and throw it back at you. That's what I would do. Uh, and knowing me, it would probably hit them in the eye and then I'd be at the fucking hospital being like, no, I don't abuse my kids. I was just throwing a Brussels sprout at her. She threw <laughs> Brussels sprout at me. Please, I don't need to, they don't need to go to foster care. Uh, but the... Uh, Maybe you throw it at your dad and your dad doesn't react very well. And your dad does something uh, and suddenly you don't feel like your safety is completely guaranteed anymore. And that doesn't mean your dad yells at you. It just means your dad might say, well, look, fine, you don't get any dessert. And in that moment, your, your senses get a bit off because you're like, hold on, I was just expressing. I was just being authentic, being myself, putting it all out there in the world. And it didn't work. And so I can't both be authentic and get attachment at the same time. And I have to pick one or the other. Now, we know what happens because of a horrific and unintentional experiment that happened in, I think it was in Romania, where a whole bunch of kids were taken by the government and put into institutions, about 200,000 kids. Whoa. And they all grew up without attachment. So they had food, they had clothes, they had a roof over their head, but they didn't have anyone to love them and they didn't have anyone to feel them safe. Or just and when did they get taken? Like what age? This, this oh, very, very early on. Like, wow. yeah, zero, one, two, three. Yeah. So we can, without realizing it, we built an experiment of what happens when kids grow up and they don't get the attachment that they deserve. And what happens is the kids didn't, they were shorter than they should have been. They had all sorts of developmental problems. About 40% of them have psychiatric uh, diagnoses or illnesses. And 80% of them cannot function in society without some form of supervision. Oh Think about God. that. 80% of them, so that's 160,000 of the 200,000 kids, cannot function in society, cannot hold down a job or take care of themselves without some other person's help. Only 20% of them can actually function in society by themselves. And that doesn't mean that they're functioning in society and have great relationships that are full of love. That just means that they're not so difficult that they can still hold down a job. So your brain has getting rid of that or getting rid of this being authentic business. And so all brains make the correct decision and they sacrifice authenticity for attachment. So what starts to happen is as we get older, 
our brain starts to look at the world as something which must be manipulated. We can't just be present because we were just present and it didn't work. We didn't get attachment. So we're now in effectively in an adversarial relationship to the world, meaning that there are people in the world who might not give us what we want unless we do a particular thing. And so what starts to happen is our brain starts to build all of these defense mechanisms and patterns of behavior and ways of being to try and get its attachment back from the world, right? So let's say you ask a lot of questions and one day your dad gets really angry at you for asking too many questions. You'll stop being curious Mm. because you say, okay, I'm being curious here. It's not working. So I'll quit being curious and I'll be something else. And so I'll be shy. I'll be quiet. But the other thing is, is that that's not going to solve the problem because it's not only how do I stop this happening in the future? It's also how do I stop just continually reliving that moment? Because if I just keep remembering the fact that I can't be myself, or if I just keep remembering the fact that I've just basically been shown that I can't be myself, if I don't have some sort of way of dealing with those memories and some sort of way of dealing with those experiences, I'm going to collapse. It's like, I'm just going to keep thinking about this forever. I'm never going to be able to grow. I'm never going to be able to move. I'm just going to be frozen at this particular point in time where I realized I wasn't safe. It's like, how do you know you're not safe and continue to function in the world? Well, you have to suppress that, right? Because again, if you just realize that you're unsafe the entire time, you won't do anything and you'll just die because everything's too difficult. Right. And so you need to push things down. And so what also happens at the same time is your brain learns how to survive by putting difficult and dangerous experiences that we've all been through into the basement. It pushes things down into our basement and it suppresses them. And it builds all of these defense mechanisms to make sure we don't have to go through what's in the basement again. Now, the work that we do, one of the components of the work that we do is about teaching people how to go into their basement. First of all, how to find their basement. And then second of all, once they've found their basement, how to get into the basement and heal all of the things that have happened, which made us feel like we can't be ourselves and also deal with all of the defense mechanisms we built around the basement and around who we can and cannot be. Mm -hmm. That's what the work is. It's doing that really difficult work. Like, going and confronting things that most people live their whole lives trying to never think about. And I'm fortunate enough that I do that for a living. Like it's, I get paid to do that, which is great because I love doing it. And it just, it works. And so I'm really good because yeah, man. I've just been in my basement a lot. You've been doing that a lot. That's exactly right. Got a lot of going to my basement. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure there's always more to find. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's the... Because the basement feels different over time. What do you mean? It, it's like when you start doing this work, the basement feels like quite scary and it's right. like there's okay. a lot of heaviness in there. And Yes, yeah. So and, okay. And what just I'll just speak with, about what I'm noticing is like it's now it's kind of exciting to go yes. into the basement. So what happens is when you first start this work, there's two things going on. Number one, you've been avoiding shit your whole life, 
So going into the basement is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Just because you're dealing with things that you've been running away from for decades. So it's by definition, it's really fucking scary, right? But there's another level on top of that. You also don't have any experience in going into the basement. And so you have no idea if it's going to work. It might make things worse. And all you have to go on in that moment is yourself or myself or Johan or Ian or Dinus, any of our team telling you that it's going to be okay. But you know, at some level, there's another knowing, you know, like it's good. You know, nah, it's, it's I don't know about that, man. First time you ever felt you oh. ever go to the basement. Yeah. I don't know if there's another part of you telling. Nah. It probably is, but you're not connected to it. No, nah, not first time. <laughs> nah, dude, some of the conversations I've had around going into my basement, all I can feel is abject terror. And like, I'm going to pass out. So that's, that's going on. But the second thing that's going on, and this is the more important part, is all of the people in the basement are really scared of you. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's so hard to understand at the start of a journey, you're actually the decision maker. You're actually the leader. And so they're terrified. You've already rejected them and suppressed them from enough years. And so it's like, this person's been running away from them their whole life and shooting them over their shoulder. Like, go away, leave me alone. And then all of a sudden that person turns around. They're all terrified. They're like, oh shit, what's happening now? And so the basement is very scary to go into because the basement doesn't want you there at the start. It's like, who's this? Who's this chum? Mm. But what happens if if you keep showing up over time, the whole basement, all of the parts of you that are in the basement, they start to feel safer because they see you time and time and time again, go into the darkness, not make it about you, be the true king, not the king who wears the crown, but the character of the king. Serve and love, feel and be there. And so you teach all of the basement that it's actually okay and that you can be trusted. And in many ways, what you're doing is you're you're going through the entire life's journey you've been on where you learned that attachment might not be there, that you might be unsafe. And you're taking every single moment of that your whole life, all of them, and you're teaching all of them over time, doesn't happen in a day, that actually attachment is never going to leave ever again because you're going to give it to yourself. Mm. That takes time. But when that lands, when that, when your basement feels that, you're just not living in the same life anymore. You know, I just... I just like felt a little bit of hope for those people in Romania that, you know, were captured at the age of zero to three. And like, it's, it, they've gone through so much pain and torture. And the fact that 80% of them are just not capable to be in the world. Like imagine if they knew that they could give what they've always like lived without to themselves. Yeah, so I have a lot of hope for the human spirit. Mm. And we know that those first seven years of life are critical Mm. and it may be impossible. Mm. And I have a lot of hope for the human spirit just like you. So for example, if uh, if you raise a cat and it's terrible that they did these experiments, but you know, they did and you sew its eyes shut 
wow. whilst it's growing up. I know, I know. If you sew its eyes shut while it's growing up and then you open them later, they can't learn to see. There's a critical period in which their brain can learn how to see. And if they don't get the knowledge of how to see in that period, they do not learn how to see. Hectic. And so there are these critical periods for human beings where this is the time period where you can learn this. And if you don't learn this now, you can't learn this because your brain moves on. Because again, your brain's, your brain's always conserving resources, right? And so if you stop using a skill, you don't, you, you're not as good at it the next time you do it. It's because all of the resources that your brain has put into that skill, if it doesn't need it anymore, it'll put it somewhere else. Mm. Because it only has a finite amount of space. It only has a finite amount of resources. So it's always allocating resources. And so you think about all these, the, all the huge part of your brain, which is dedicated to sight or dedicated to feeling. If you, if you don't need that, then it's going to go somewhere else. And so, yes, I would love nothing more for all those people than to experience the attachment that they deserve. And it may be impossible because they fundamentally do not have the biology that is capable of doing that. Again, I don't know. Mm. But we also have to be in the world of like, yes, the human spirit. Yes, belief. And also like, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Who knows? Because mm -hmm. it's such an artificial environment. Right? Even a kid who grows up in a household where the parents hate each other and is abused, there's still moments of attachment, no matter what. But to grow up in an institution where no one ever hugs you, ever, not even on your birthday, no one calls you by your name, no one even knows your name, you don't even know how old you are. It's like, fuck, dude. Who knows? So, in that situation, it's like, they had to, they couldn't sacrifice authenticity to get attachment. There was, there was just no attachment. There was no attachment whatsoever. And so what their brains learned is they were permanently unsafe. Like they didn't even realize that safety existed. It was just, everything was unsafe all the time. Yeah. That's pretty hectic. Yeah. It's horrific. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Just to go back on what we, you were saying about doing the work like last night. And just before we keep going, I really don't think you should rush. We should rush past how bad that is. That's so bad. It's so bad because Jordan Peterson has this teaching that the argument of the devil is that there's so much suffering that we shouldn't have any life. That society and civilization and this whole thing of called being alive is so difficult. And it's just so full of so much unnecessary suffering. Like, what's the point? It'd just be better if there were no human beings. And if you don't understand that viewpoint, I don't believe in that viewpoint, but fuck, like I get it. I just don't think you've fully thought through the problem. And this is a perfect example of it. It's like, mm. shit, 200,000, right? What was the reason? Why? Like, why did they do that? It's a long story, but the short answer is communism. <laughs> literally. That is quite literally the answer. Yeah, it's yeah, it feels like the world that I'm in, I'm detached from that level of suffering. Yeah. I don't experience that. Like, well, I will never experience that, but 
to to feel and to just know that people went through that sort of stuff is um people are going through it right now the shit like that happening as we speak right now there are people living lives like that Hmm. right and it's just like okay that's the world you that's the world you're walking around in right it's like what's happening in i think it's yemen right now i don't know if i could have pronounced that correctly it's like x number of millions of kids don't have access to school don't have access to food like millions you don't have enough food to eat and it's just like that's just that's there every minute of the day your whole life and i think i don't i used to get probably lost looking at this stuff because i felt like i had something to prove by looking at it and i think it's because i felt like i couldn't like my life is so good like i had to look at the darkness to justify it somehow but i don't i don't think that anymore but it's like when all of that's happening it feels absurd for me to not try and do something to help mm. and what i mean by that is just do something to help suffering like the set everyone that's suffering right now like what could you do to help god i can't help but compare like suffering mm. like actually compare the level of suffering that I've had compared to the level of suffering somebody else had. Like yeah. it feels, feels like, what should I be suffering about? Like if it really feels like even everyone that we're helping, it's like, well, what are they suffering about? Mm. Like it just, it just feels minuscule compared to hearing an example like that. Yeah. But that's a very dangerous game because there's no hierarchy of suffering. It's just human experience and it's mm. a lottery. Right, like who you are is a lottery. Mm. Like there are, there are, and again, reincarnation and all that sort of shit. Who the fuck knows? But there are some people who just live for two years and that's it. And it's like that's it. That's their life. They don't. That's that's all they get to experience. And I just, I think, I think the reason that in my world, the reason it's important to think about this is because it really shows the stakes of what we're doing like the it's people's lives that we're talking about and it's humanity and it's suffering like i've been thinking about this recently like almost every problem in the world is a mental health problem Mm. all of them like there's this big push right now to wrecking to uh appreciate addiction as a mental health problem not a criminal problem and that's like, yeah, fucking fair enough, right? If you're addicted to heroin, you're not a criminal. Mm-hmm. You're someone who has a mental health problem. And I'm like, well, hold on a second here. How is all crime not a mental health problem? Mm. Right? If, you, if you kill someone, maybe we can all agree that you're not mentally well and that you need to be rehabilitated. And I was like, well, shit. Like, what happens then? Wow. Right? And I realized, well... If all problems were mental health problems, we'd have to care about everyone. We'd have to care about everyone. You can't make it about you anymore. And that's too scary. And like, think about like war. How is war not a mental health problem? Like to think that you need to kill people to get what you need. And again, like I I get it. I'm not like a woo-woo pacifist, right? Like it's probably a good idea we fought World War II. Right. Okay, great. I'm I'm with you there. But like yeah, I just 
I just think it's really important to think about these things because it also, it, it allows you to just have perspective on your life in such a beautiful way. Cause like, I haven't had an easy life, right? Like I've had a lot of very insanely difficult things to do, but, and it's a huge, but like I wouldn't pick any other life. And I just feel like it's, I just feel such a duty to all the people who never got to live. Like I used to think about like the people who are in the gas chambers, like, man, if they're my brothers and sisters, then I have a duty to them. It's like, well, what's my duty? I'm like, well, what would they want for me? And it's just like, shit, I know the answer just love and nothing else. I'm like, okay, like, let me try and live a life that's truly love and nothing else. And it's really fucking hard. It's really hard. Right? Like when I'm when I hear some racist shit on uh on social media or I hear some fucking ning nong saying coronavirus is a uh is a conspiracy, or I think of the p- person who fucking left hotel quarantine early and now people are dying because of that. Like, I'm like, oh my god, I won't really want to judge you. But I'm like, okay, let me let me not do that. Right. Let, let me slow down and like, how can I love this person and how can I see where they're coming from and how can I get it? And man, it's so hard, but it's so rewarding. Mm. And yeah, I just. So no, yeah, like, not many people, not many people think like the way you're thinking right now. Well, I don't think I agree. And that's because I don't think a lot of us don't need to think about it because everything's just so easy. Yeah. That's exactly why. It's everything's just so super easy. And I love easy things. Like I yeah. love that I get my groceries. I don't even have to go to the military road anymore. It just it comes to me. It's crazy. And, and it's a six minute drive in a car and I can pay $15 and someone can drive that for me. I'm mm-hmm. like, great. 10 out of 10. I don't have to see people. Great. Right. So would you say that you're thinking more about this because you're obviously doing the work in your own life? Like you're looking at suffering in your own life. You're looking at healing. Uh trauma parts of you no i would just say that i'm thinking about this because i think we should all think about it and i'm thinking about this because i'm just trying to be the best person that i can be and i think what i i'm actually just trying to be myself and i think that we're all light and love and so i'm like okay well what does it mean to be light and love and like i also just really want to help do you know what i mean and so if I want, if I really want to help, I really have to know, well, what is it that I'm helping and how am I helping and what's the actual problem? Like, Mm. I think it's so easy to sit at home and think about what you should do to fix society. And it's like, you haven't even done any study. Like these are really complicated things. Um, Yeah. Just like, you know, I just, maybe to make this a bit more concrete, like everyone who's currently at home, like all of the people who are currently really annoying you, like what would happen if you tried to see that from their perspective and not just say the words, but actually feel it from their perspective. And it's really scary because you have to let your perspective go to do that. And that's really scary because then it feels like it feels like in some way you're at the mercy of other people then. Um, mm-hmm. But you're not, you're just pursuing truth. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. It takes a lot to, to even think about doing what you just said. Mm-hmm. 
what but like we've got no one's got anything better to do right like have sex with your wife or your husband eat some food and then you've got absolutely nothing else better to do than spending time with your kids and fucking thinking about how you can make the world a better place yeah it just doesn't feel like that feels like there's an there's a billion things that i need to be doing well what's more important it just doesn't feel as simple as the way you put it you know mm. it's like i don't know it just feels like i'm in this life doing what i'm doing what i'm doing and it just feels like it's packed you know it feels like there's always new things happening and i'm not thinking about suffering mm. like i'm not thinking about the kids in africa but i'm like and i don't want to feel guilty for not thinking about that yeah and there's but, no i'm not saying my way is the right way yeah at all yeah but like what do you think you would lose if you started thinking about those things? Nothing. I'd probably gain perspective. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd probably gain, I'd, I'd gain like gratitude and humbleness. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not even what I would gain. It's just what I'd feel. I, I think maybe the biggest thing I've gotten out of all of this is realizing just how important my, and again, I'm just a normal person. Like I'm not saying I'm anything special here but just how important an individual really is. Like you have no idea of the butterfly effect of your life. No idea. You have absolutely no idea. And every single time you interact with a human being, all of them, you have no idea of the impact of that. Uh And so when I think about suffering and when I think about all of that, and I don't make it a pressure thing, I make it like, oh, this is really exciting. I'm like, oh, cool. I just get to give people shit all the time. This is amazing. I'm just like, ah, here's some light. And I'm like, that's really, that's awesome. That of all the lives I could live, I get to live this life where I just get to give people light. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't think like that if I didn't do the really serious, like, I think it's important to think about suffering and think about the kids in Africa so you can fucking get out of your own way. And what I mean by that is like, stop making it all about you. Yeah. Your life's not about you. Your life's fucking about everyone else around you. It's also about you, but it's like, Man, it's just, it really, it's really helped me be way less selfish. Um, and really just like, I, I, man, I just really do believe that we should all be living to serve. Mm. I actually just believe that. And so if there's things that people can be doing to think more about how they can serve, I really want them to do that. You know, you said it, it's not all about you. It's about everybody else. Like mm-hmm. it, at some level, it has to start with you. And I know it always starts with you. Well, it's not all about the shit that you do to avoid yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about you, who you are in your basement. Mm. That's what it's about. But even then, it's still not about you. It's about the parts of you. Mm. That's it right. really isn't about you. It's about serving all of these parts of you that you have inside you. And then if you serve them, you serve the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel like I haven't been doing that as much. I feel like Serving I, the parts of you? No. Like uh, making my life not so much about me. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I've been making it about me. And I find and I struggle to 
to listen to like the other people, other people's suffering. Yeah. And I'm dealing with other people's suffering all the time. Me too. But uh, I don't know. Just, I just, I feel like I'm just like the society that I'm in the way I've been conditioned. It's just like the life that I'm, I'm, I've been living. It feels like the whole point is about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole point is for me to live a good life. Like, yeah. you know, totally. but then you die. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't think you really took it. What I mean, like, no, I know I'm dead. Yeah. Like we've all already lost the game. Yeah. It's like, doesn't matter if you run a hundred meters in this life and I run 95 meters, we fucking both lose. Mm-hmm. And so once that, once you really take it into equation, you're like, all right, like 95% of the shit I think and worry about, I don't need to think and worry about because it's not going to matter in the end anyway. Right. It just doesn't matter. doesn't matter. What type of car I drive doesn't matter. Right. None of that matters. Like, okay. If all of that's meaningless, what's left? Well, what do I find meaningful? And in my life, I've just found that everyone wants to help people. Mm. Yeah. When I get down to the bottom of it, I ask people that question. Like what, what they want to do more of. They're always, everyone always talks about helping people. Mm. I want to do more of, I want to help people more. Yeah. And I think that's the answer for me why we should have life. Because I have the same experience. When we get rid of all of the basement and the trauma and when we go all the fucking way until we're at the bottom of the well and there's nothing else there, the universal experience with men and women of all ages, ethnicities, sexualities, religions, whatever you want to fucking call it, the true bottom of the barrel. People just want to help. And I'm like, that's amazing. Mm. Why don't we just cut all this other shit out that we're doing and just do that? Mm. Cool. Great, sorted. Still got 25 minutes to go. We finished. (sighs) So how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, Bit tired this week. feel like I've done a lot. Um, P.S. Guys, if you are watching, hello, Angie. Please give us a shout out or a comment. Uh, if you're in the Facebook Brotherhood group, we need you to write your actual name. Otherwise, we don't know who you are. Everyone else, feel free to say hello. Hmm. Yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm good. I just feel it just kind of rocked me a bit, you know, what, what yeah. you about just then. So. Yeah, what's I would I would like to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I'm I can feel the part of me that feels guilty. Mm. Um, that feels like sad that. I, I I want things in life. Interesting. Um, I also said that like I am gonna die, and that's reality. And then I ask myself the question: Well, then what is meaningful? What is the whole point of it? Um, yeah, and then I also recognize that I'm super privileged. Mm. 
like ridiculously privileged. Yeah, fully. So uh, I can understand, you know, actually I look, I look a lot around the people in my life and even just uh, school friends and uh, even, you know, my old school, like everyone there, like everyone is so privileged. 100%. And we're also men. And I know you're not white, but we're, we're white <laughs> and we're straight. And I just meant, I didn't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just meant like, I appreciate where you come from. Yeah. Right. Like, and we grew up in Australia. Like imagine how different your and my life would be if we were indigenous or if we were gay yeah. or anything like that. Like where we all get told who we're supposed to be and you and I are it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, dude, it's crazy. And we also don't want to deny the suffering that men go through, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's also not to deny our own suffering. It's really important that we kind of weave through that. But like you and I have never been hungry. No. Like, like I've been hungry, but I've never been starving. No, I've never had to worry about where my next meal's coming from. Me either. Ever. And how amazing is that? And I think the reason it's important for that is because when I'm at a restaurant and they overcook my, well, depending on how nice the restaurant is, if I'm paying, when I used to eat meat, if I was paying less than $50 for my steak and they fucking overcook it, I'm like, I don't give a shit, Mm. right? Like if, if by taxis two minutes late, I'll think I'll be okay, (laughs) right? Like if I miss my elevator, I'm like, oh, well. Okay. Right. And it just allows like, man, you know where I see this the most? I, in a sadistic way, I'm not going to judge myself. I really like airports because people get so triggered at airports. So it's like, tr- it's like fucking trigger city. It's so much fun watching people lose their shit over the smallest things. Dude, I'm like a, a kid in a candy store at an airport. If I'm if I'm running on time and I'm all good, I'm I'm sweet. I'm not triggered. But if Dude, I'm triggered, great. I really like airports. It's like oh, this is nice. And sit in the lounge and free soda water. Yeah, right? it's like. But then people get so triggered. Yeah, like oh, we don't have the free Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, all that. Oh, I you, oh, you don't have a gluten. free Well, you were supposed to say if you needed a gluten free meal. You didn't do that. Oh, and now you're getting angry at me that I don't have a gluten free meal. Oh, okay. Oh, right. It's like. Really? <laughs> this is like this is the hill you're gonna die on. But it's because of the perspective. The perspective. It's like inside the world of, and you know, I've I uh, know what it's like to not be able to eat plain food. You're like, shit, I'm on a 16-hour plane ride. This is the only food you have. I've paid two thousand dollars for this flight, and I'm gonna be hungry for the next 12 hours. And maybe I need to eat food to have my diabetes medication or something like that. It's like this is fucked. But then you zoom up one level and you're like, well, it could be worse. And then you zoom up another level and you're like, oh shit, this could be way worse. And then you zoom up another level and you're like, oh my God, this isn't a problem. Mm. This isn't something to get worked up about. Mm. And so, uh, do you do this though in your life? Like we actually, yeah. Well, I've done a lot of this. So no, cause I usually laugh when shit doesn't work. Yeah. I find it funny. Yeah. Well, that is pretty funny. Right. So wouldn't it be like, it would, I, like I like it when it gets worse. It's like, oh, we're delayed again. Great. Right. <laughs> awesome. Right. Oh, wouldn't it be the best if I didn't have a seat? 
right? And like, I'll get frustrated, but it's never, the frustration doesn't run me. Cause I'm like, this is like, you know, when, when you, when you've been on spinal precautions, when you've not been able to move in a bed for four days, cause that you've broken your neck, when you're not sure if you're going to be able to walk again, like when you've had to have a fucking spinal fusion at L4, L5, when you've had a nurse multiple times, stick a finger up your bum to make sure that you still have all of your feelings. Like, I'm like, this is not a problem, right? I have felt, I have faced real life problems in my life. And if no one's sticking their finger up my ass, I'm okay, <laughs> right? But man, once that glove goes on, I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to get triggered. Someone should just cut that podcast. And just, I'm sure they will. If no one's sticking a finger up my bum, I'm okay. I'm good with the, with the, uh, with the thumbs up. Uh, wow, man. Yeah, it's... It's tricky because I could see how you could be, you could like constantly be in a, you, you could have forever be in a trap of, oh, well, it, of course it's worse. Like it is worse. Ah, yeah. but great, great. So what we also notice people do is people use that to deny their feelings. I should be so grateful. Yeah, okay. And then they use that to shut their feelings down. Wow. This comes, this comes back to like, there is no hierarchy of suffering. It's just your life. Mm. And it's, it's hard because you have to be able to do both at the same time. Yeah, because perspective works, you know, like perspective works, but then your perspective can also like invalidate your current feelings. That's right. That's exactly right. Huh. Yeah. Oh man. Big Red says hello. Will William from C16 says hello. From he's in LA. He must be up very, very late. Hello, Will. Oh, that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, man. It's it's really interesting to just step back and look at how privileged my life has been yeah it's fucking crazy yeah man crazy and i guess like yeah i won the lotto yeah we all did like yeah and here i am thinking that i gotta win more of a lotto yeah it's so crazy it's like dude fuck the lotto but that just feels like the human condition no 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 not the human condition no civilization and society we have built which is designed to make you search for more yes that's what we've built yeah okay yeah not the human condition mm. yeah it's crazy yeah i was thinking do you remember how i was thinking about this in the shower um remember how we were thinking about the goals thing yeah you know we we're talking about i don't really set goals yeah i thought about that more and i still don't even, i don't even really set fitness goals or even financial goals. Cause I realized I'm, the game I'm playing isn't how much money can my business have in a month or a year? Yeah. yeah. It's actually, how can I live my life in a way? Or how can I run my business in a way where I don't have to worry about how much money's in the business? Mm. Like how can I live my life in a way where I don't have to worry about my body fat? How mm. can I live my life in a way where I don't have to worry about how wealthy I'm going to be? And I think that's, the difference in this work because it's actually it's like it's a character thing it's like well if i just become the right type of person i just won't have to worry about my relationship i just won't have to worry about a divorce mm. if i if i be like how do i live my life in a way where i don't have to worry about my relationship breaking down like i spend yeah. zero time worrying about if taylor's going to divorce me and i don't yeah. think i ever will have to touch wood right it's like 
And I think that's just such an interesting way to think about it. And it's a very different different way to think about it than most people because they're like, well, how, what do I need to do to become a millionaire? It's like, well, that's not a very good question. Hmm. What about if your question is, well, wh- who do I have to be like or who do I need to be where I never have to worry about how much money I have? Hmm. And the, the, the easy answer there is, oh, I need to be a billionaire. Like, but that's actually not, that's not, that's it. not it. No. No. Because it's two things. There's two answers in that. Well, it's one, how do I live my life in a way where I will just accrue money and wealth? And two, how do I live my life in a way where I'm not attached to it? Interesting. Because it's both, right? Because how do I live my life in a way where I don't have to worry about money? Well, you could become a monk. Uh-huh. That's an answer. Or you could become a billionaire, right? And so it's like, okay, cool. Well, let me, I need to first work on not being attached to any money. And then I'm not worried about how much money I have. And then it's like, okay, well, what type of life do I want to live? At what level I'm going to, am I not really going to be worried about how much more money I make? And let me just, what type of character do I need to show that? And then let me just be that, right? Because it's like, at what point is there, like if you're a billionaire and you're still motivated by money, it's like, oh, mm. if, you're, if you're worth $100 million and you're still motivated by money, you're like, really? You could buy a Ferrari every week for two years and still have money and you're worried about getting more money it's like what is that you know so yeah i just thought it'd be interesting like these i i really think i think diet was the best example that i could think of this like instead of thinking about like how do i be 80 kilos in six weeks it's like well how can i live my life in a way where i just i'm not going to have to think about my weight yeah yeah that's really cool, man. It's all back. Dude, you are so rocked. I am. Yeah. You haven't come back since the suffering conversation. No, I haven't. I haven't at all. I, I, I can, I can really feel like I'm, I'm kind of speechless actually. I'm just, yeah. I, I feel, I really, I really, well, I just really feel that part that's guilty. Mm. Yeah. I, I really feel the part of me that's like, um, like striving to just be better, striving to to do more, striving to like help more people, striving to get a house, a manly beach, like strike. I just feel guilty for. It. I'm like, fuck. Well, maybe what's the point of even trying? Like, people are. I'm privileged, man. Like, that's it. What I'm hearing is you're just making yourself so wrong. Yeah, I am making myself wrong. Yeah. It's like, I see the beauty in it. I see the light in the fact that I've got this life. And then I'm also like, just confused. I feel confused, yeah. confused yeah. and also guilty. Uh, yeah. And I, I, the suffering thing's interesting in my experience. Cause it's easy to get consumed by. Mm. It's easy to just see suffering and not see anything else. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a nice house on Manly beach. Hmm. Not at all. But it's not for me to tell you what's right or wrong for you. Yeah. For you to decide that and to just stop making yourself wrong. Yeah. And because I can hear, I can hear you speak and I'm like, oh man, I don't have those thoughts. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about myself a lot of the time. I can feel it. Mm. Um, but that's, that's also not always true. In fact, exactly. that's not true at all. I'm thinking about a lot of people all the time. Yeah. Um, so, well, it's just, it's like you're in the world where I have the right answer and you have the wrong answer. Mm. 
Yeah. And that's not the world. Mm. Yep. I agree. Dude, we've got we've still got 10 minutes left. We we have to do something about this. We can't just have you not here. I am I'll, here. I'll just talk to myself. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't know where to go from here. I just feel that it is what it is. I don't know. I haven't felt this feeling before. It feels very... Uh, I just feel sad mm. and I feel guilty and I feel shame. Mm. I feel shame that that... I want, I just feel shame that I want things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think I'm going to say now? <laughs> well, I know that I'm associated to these feelings. So right. to see that as a part of me. Okay, great. That, yeah. To see Will that. You let as- me know when you've done that. Yeah, to see Mr. Shame as a part of me, to, to see Mr. Guilt as a part of me. <sighs> yeah. They are. They are parts of me. Yeah. And they just need love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, I don't know, man, this is just my perspective. You can take it or leave it. But like, it's really amazing that like you're thinking about why you want what you really want and if you really want it. Mm. I'm like, that's amazing. Mm. Right? Like The whole point of all of this is to really know that you really want what you want so you can, I mean, not even go after it, but just so that, like your whole life's congruent. Yeah, I just feel like the whole point of life is to like go and get things and... and uh, well, part of you. Yeah, part of me feels like the whole point is to like just move, keep moving forward. And I don't know, man, I'm just... Well, you do know. So great. So two parts then. Mr. Uh, the whole point of life is to go and get things. So there's another part of you. And then this is one of the other parts. This is one of your favorite parts, Mr. I don't know. Because <laughs> think about how easy it is to shut down as king when you don't know. It is. Yeah, it really is. God, it's fascinating. And just see like what I've been doing just the last like, half an hour. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy when you can see it happening in real time. Hmm. And you're like, oh yeah, here comes this matrix and oh yeah, there's that manager and oh yeah, I'm about to do this now. And it's like, oh wow, like mm. this. feels quite uh, quite stuck. It's like I'm frozen. Part of you. I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel a part of me feels frozen. Yeah. Um, it's like, I can't, I can't speak. Like just, I was thinking about what you were saying and it's like, oh shit, like that Mr. Guilty's coming up and shame's coming up and like, look at how I want things and I shouldn't be wanting things and I'm so privileged and blah, blah, blah. And all this sort of stuff. And I feel quite frozen. Yeah. Part of you. Part of me feels frozen. Yeah. 
I'm very associated with everything right now. I can feel that. Part of you is very associated with everything. Yeah. It's like living with this guy. It's like, and it's like, wow, look at all of this. Isn't this exciting? Look at all these misters that I haven't had a conversation with. Wow. There's Mr. Guilt and Mr. Shame. Cool. Right. Wow. Mr. I don't know. Cool. I use you all the time. It's so good to see you. Right. Mr. Frozen. Mr. I can't speak. Mr. Guilt. This is sick. Look at all these guys I get to hang out with. Let's have a conversation. How are you all? I'm sorry that I haven't been a very good king. I'm sorry that you thought I had to keep you safe. Right. I'm sorry that I wasn't here for you. How how are you all? How can I help? And then this whole thing flips. Mm. And see how you just went straight back into it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is hilarious. I know. And now I'm like, I want this podcast to end ASAP. Yeah. Well, we've still got seven minutes. Sorry. God. Oh, man. What a world. Yeah, it's... I feel like I just need to... need a breather. Just need to pause for a second. Well... There's a lot of parts of you right now who are asking for their king. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because we're on the podcast or because this is being streamed or whatever it is. There's resistance to stepping into that. Mm. That's okay. But it's like, there's only ever one question and that's what type of king do you need to be in this moment? And right now it's just like, Imagine if all you did was just welcome the parts of you that we've just found. That's it. Mm. Welcome, Mr. Shame. Welcome, Mr. Guilt. Welcome, Mr. Frozen. Welcome, Mr. I can't speak. Welcome, Mr. Second Guess Myself. Just that. Mm-hmm. Actually, just try it. Just give them a welcome. They're just telling me to fuck off right now. Yeah, of course, because you were running away from them. Of course, they're telling you to fuck off. You were just trying to hurry up and finish the podcast so you could make them go away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm basically brushing this off and wanting to move on to the next thing so I could push it down even further. Yeah, I'm sorry I haven't been there. Um. And, you know, fair enough, you feel like this, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah, Mr. Gilgit just came up. He's like, and also Mr., uh, you know, I want things and I shouldn't want things. It's like, yeah, but that's what you've been doing. You've just been thinking about yourself this whole time. Mm. Well, a part of me has been doing that. Yes. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And look at that. Instantly, this is all different. Yeah. Instantly, you're in a different world. Because I I can feel the other parts of me. I'm like, well, duh. Like, I'm a fucking stand for so many men. Yeah, fully. Literally, your job is to literally help people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And what I want everyone to see and to hear is sans the work. Without the, the work in the king. Either you just wouldn't have felt all of that. I just would have gone back down to the basement. Or number two, you just would have felt guilty for like 
anywhere for a week to a couple of years. Mm. And you would have not bought things that you liked because you felt guilty. Yeah, and I feel like it could have manifested in something else and I don't even know what that is right now. But oh, We don't need to know what it is because it's not going to happen because you're being the king. Yeah. But it's like it would have shown up everywhere. Hmm. Right, you wouldn't have been able to enjoy the things that you are lucky enough to have because you would have felt guilty. Yeah, you well, might have even sabotaged your life to make it worse, so you suffered more, so you didn't have to feel guilty. And all of those possibilities—who knows which one would have happened? Just the roll of the dice of your brain, right? And all of that would have happened in the moment that we had right now if you didn't know how to be king for yourself. And the fact that you do means everything that just came up won't come up again in the future over mm. a long enough time frame. And that's not what it's about. It's not about it not coming back up either. You'll be able to be with yourself in a way where everything will just be peaceful and stable and you can feel feelings and not mean or not mean or not mean anything and not govern your behavior in any way. You can just decide what you want to do. Yeah, because when I felt those feelings, I was literally, a part of me felt frozen. Like it was like I couldn't, I couldn't quite communicate. In fact, I didn't want to communicate. Yep, I know. Felt good just to stay here, you know. Yeah. Just- Part of you is just like, yeah, man, just shut down, stay yeah. here. Like, there's yeah. a great defense mechanism. Basement's too hectic, shut down. Mm. And so, if people are wondering why should we do the work, it's well, this conversation. This is it right here. You just avoided who knows how much future shenanigans in your life. And I can feel that I've got to go back here too. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you have a conversation with a part of you and it tells you to fuck off, you need to have more than one conversation. Man, I, uh, just, just before we go, like I literally went to a friend of mine, uh, on Instagram and this fits in perfectly. He put up on his story, like one of those grateful things. And it's 10 signs you're, you're doing well in life. One, you have a roof over your head. You ate today. You have a good heart. You wish good for others. You have clean water. Someone cares for you. You strive to be better. You have clean clothes. You have a dream. You're breathing. Wow. You've got all of those and stuff for clean clothes. Dude, like, and I, look, I looked at that and I resisted that. Wow. Part of you. Part of me, part of me resisted that. Yeah, Mister, like, go get more shit. Yeah, it was like, oh, another one of these things. No. You know, okay, cool. I should be grateful. Another one of these things. Yeah, <laughs> dude, so good. All right, brother, we're gonna leave it here because you and I've got, to got another call to jump on. All right, see you, team. All right, everyone's giving you shit about your jacket, by the way. Good luck. Good night, everyone. Much love, Bye, guys. <laughs>